Gracious Father, as we open your word together, open our hearts to receive. Help us to be changed by the power of your Holy Spirit and to evermore become like Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. In 1879, Dr. James Murray began a monumental project, the Oxford English Dictionary. It would take decades before the first published, before it was first published. And when it was first published, there were over 400,000 words that were defined and given a sentence, a quotation, to show how the word was used. About a year after the project started, the team began to receive a crazy number of submissions by a guy who just labeled himself Dr. W.C. Minor Broadmoor. Sometimes they would get as many as a hundred submissions from this guy in a week. He is responsible for so many of the overall definitions. Eventually, they wanted to figure out who this guy was. The Broadmoor is a psychiatric hospital. And Dr. Minor was a patient in the psychiatric hospital, hospitalized for schizophrenia. However, he was a graduate of Yale Medical School. During the Civil War, he was on the field for a couple of years working with soldiers. He did some wonderful research in various areas of medicine before the decline of his mental state through schizophrenia. Now, when they learned who this guy was, you can imagine as most of you were, I could see it on your faces, a little bit of shock. That's not what you expect. And that kind of thing is actually what we should feel this morning when we read the story of Mary. So there's the story of Zechariah, and it is paralleled with the story of Mary. If this were a literature class, we would study the two next to each other. Because there's so many similarities, but there's a twist. Because it's the little teenage girl who responds to the Lord in the way that you would expect the mature priest to, who doesn't. What do we learn from her response? Open up your Bible, if you would, to Luke chapter 1. We are on page 1457, Luke chapter 1, page 1457. Last week, I started by saying Zechariah was more present to his fears and his doubts than to the promises of God. Mary is the opposite. She is more present to the promises of God to her fears and her doubts. Here's her story. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Right, there's already a number of parallels between the two accounts. The same angel is sent. He comes to give good greetings. And in this case, we learn a couple of things about her. Nazareth is a very small town. If you go to Israel today, you can go to where Nazareth probably was. And at most, there would have been 20 homes in the village. It's a very small place. You can go and see the excavation today, and possibly because there's at least one room you can go into, it might have been the room Jesus was walking around in when he was being raised. Very small village. Small enough that Luke has to label it. It is a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged. So in this case, they are basically, they have gotten engaged, except engagement in this culture was the equivalent of marriage without consummation and living together if they were to break up at this point it would be a divorce which is why when you read Matthew's account and Joseph thinks about divorcing her it's because they are pledged already but it's clear she is a virgin she's a descendant uh, she's married to uh, sorry pledged to a descendant of David and the angel comes and says you are highly favored Mary, verse 29, was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Most scholars think she is probably 13, 14, 15 years old. She's very young. And you can imagine this very young girl in a town that's very small, has no prominence at all. An angel shows up with her and says, you are highly favored. And she is going... What? <laughs> Why? How? Well, what's happening? Um, she's having this moment of like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And so the angel says to her, do not be afraid, as again, most angels say to people, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He's the Messiah. He's the long-awaited one. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, remember, the angel shows up and gives a message to Zechariah. And it's about a paragraph long, just like this. All these amazing things that John is going to be. And what does Zechariah do? It's as if his brain goes, I, I can't even hear all of that. I'm too old. I can't have a kid. What are you talking about? And so he says, how will this be? And then here's Mary's response. Verse 34, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. Zacharias says, how will this be since I'm so old? Mary says, how will this be since I am a virgin? And yet those responses are not the same. How is that possible? Well, what we know is based on the way the angel responds to Mary... And the way the angel responds to Zechariah, there's a difference in these two. Because we know when Zechariah says, how's this going to be? I'm too old. The angel stands up to his full height and says, I am Gabriel. How dare you doubt me? And yet when Mary does it, here's what the angel does. 
The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High. He begins to answer the question. (laughs) There's no like, how dare you? Now you won't speak any longer. Right? There's a difference in their response. And this is what I think the difference is. Imagine Christmas morning, you pull out a present, and as you begin to open the present, you hear a little scratching inside it, and some movement. And as you open it up, and you open the box, there is a giant rat in the present. That's the present. And I can imagine, I think based on your faces right now, that most of you would do something like, a rat! Now, I had a roommate in college who loved rats. I mean, in a weird way. He would dress up like a rat and go to parties where other people dressed up. He had multiple rats in our apartment, in his room. I don't know where they got when they got out, but it was creepy. If you gave him that present, he might also say a rat, but it would be a rat. And without any inflection or anything, if you just had the words, the response would be the same, but you would know it is very different. I think the same thing is happening here. I think Mary's response is not coming from a place of doubt. It's coming from a place of faith. And we know that based on what she says after this, We know it based on what Elizabeth says later on. That Mary's is not, how will this be? I'm a virgin. There's no way. This is, how will this be? Like, you're going to do something. This is incredible. I want to understand. It's coming out of faith. And here's the thing I can guarantee you. You can always question the Lord. When it comes from a place of faith. You can always do things like you see throughout the scriptures. Lord, where are you? Do you know that as a cry of faith? It's not this. I've given up. It is, I know you are there. And I know you can do something. God, where are you? It is a continual crying out to God. It comes from a place of faith. Mary's is that place. She is so present to the Lord instead of her fears and doubts. And by the way, it's not that she doesn't have any. I mean, when the angel shows up, she's troubled. She doesn't go, hoo-hoo, an angel. (laughs) The angel shows up and she's like, oh. But when she hears the angel's words, she hears them. And she goes, how can this be? It comes from a place of faith. And I wonder, as we think about responses to God, because in a moment I want to show you where I think this comes from. How is it that Mary can have this response when Zachariah has the other? Because I think in my own life, I'm probably more likely to have a Zachariah response than a Mary response. That when God shows up and wants me to do something crazy or weird or I don't understand it, I'm probably more likely to have doubt than I am to have the kind of faith Mary is showing right now. 
what makes the difference between the two? Why is Mary so present to what the angel is saying and not to her fears versus Zachariah? And I think Mary's question, it is a profound question if you understand it in this way. Right? And so I'm going to give you one more illustration to understand this. I have heard numerous times from people within the church, I've heard this comment. Your family is so talented. Now, what is actually meant by that is my wife and my daughter are really talented. <laughs> um, and, and I usually do have to just, I want to say this. I play guitar fine, and I sing fine. I'm nowhere near as talented as the two of them are. And that's not, I'm not being humble, I'm not being, I, I, and it's because they've put an immense amount of work into it. Neither one of them just woke up and went, hey, look, I can do all of this stuff. They have worked their tails off. And there's something that I wish you could all hear that I got to hear when Aaron was putting in eight or so hours a day into playing violin. Could you imagine what you'd be like if you were practicing an instrument that often? So I want to play something for you, okay? And I want you to just listen to this tiny little excerpt here. Anybody slightly amazed by that? <laughs> that is Beethoven's Violin Concerto. Aaron played that in college. And I remember listening to it, and this, this was my thought. How can she do that? <laughs> but hear me. I wasn't thinking, how could she do like there's no way she can do it. I fully believed she could do it. I was just like, how in the world? <laughs> how can anybody do that? How can your fingers move like that? That's what Mary is doing. If you think that's incredible, she was just told she's going to give birth to the Messiah as a virgin. How incredible is that? And her question is not, there's no way that will happen. It's, if God has said this, it's going to happen. How are you going to do that? How can she have that kind of faith? Go back to the scripture. Here's where I think it comes from. Verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I mean, he just he's piling it on. It's even more incredible than what you think, Mary. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has been unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. Here's the part I want you to see. Lord. I think the reason she's so present to God, to the angel, to the promises 
is because Mary firmly believes he really is Lord. And so if he says it, it's going to happen. And here's the thing. I think all of us, based on our liturgy, based on our songs and our seasons, we all call him Lord. Do we actually believe he's Lord? I think Mary did. I think when that angel showed up, if he said it, it's going to be. And I think everything for her got quiet when that angel was speaking. That's all that was there. Because this is what happens to us in our lives today. Thanksgiving. My family gets up. We decorate our tree. While we're decorating the tree, we turn the Macy's Day Parade on. Now, the Macy's Day Parade is muted because we're listening to Christmas music. And so what we're doing is this. We're going between the table where the ornaments are to the tree. And every once in a while, we're glancing at the TV to see where it's at with the Macy's Day Parade. But this past Thanksgiving, one thing happened that I happened to notice because of a little thing that scrolled across the bottom. They called the President of the United States, and they put the call on live. You know what I did? I paused the Christmas music, unmuted the TV. I wanted to hear that. I just wanted to see what the President would say, especially... This kind of just, they call him on, Christ, on Thanksgiving morning to have this little call. Wanted to see what they would say. I was listening. I wasn't doing the ornaments anymore. I wasn't listening to the Christmas music anymore. I wasn't, I was ignoring the grandparents. I was listening. It was the president talking. I just wanted to hear what he had to say. What happens when the boss walks into the room and has something significant to say? How many people put their work down and start listening? Especially if he's upset. What happens when dad walks into the room and raises his voice? Everybody starts listening. Why? Because we believe who those people are and we shut everything else out. He's Lord. And Mary could say, I am the servant of the Lord. If he says it, it's going to happen. If he says it, here's her final words. Some of those beautiful words in the scriptures. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. She surrenders. She surrenders to the most incredible, crazy thing that could be said to her. I mean, you, little teenage virgin girl in Nazareth, you're going to have a child who's going to be the long-awaited Messiah. He's going to be called the son of God. He's going to save Israel. He's going to save the world. Your kid. Let it be fulfilled. You said it. Can we do two things? Number one, I want you to think about, do you really view him as Lord? And if you do, what does that mean? What does that mean when you read his word, when you hear his word, when you think of him, when you think about the things he wants for your life? Is he really Lord? I mean, I'm going to tell you I'm guilty of this. You probably are too at times. I am guilty of at times reading through the scriptures and paying very little attention to what I'm reading. Paying very little attention to what the inspired word of God says. 
It's just coming in and going out. Could you imagine if you did that when your dad raised his voice? What would happen to you? Yeah, I'm not going to worry about what dad is saying. I'm just going to keep playing my Nintendo game. But we do it to God all the time. I want you to think about what it would mean if he were really Lord practically every day. And then number two, surrender. Not go force something, but say, Lord, if you are saying this, if this is part of your word, I want to give myself to that. And I want to trust you in it. Even if I'm not sure how that's going to happen. I want to leave you with a brief story. And it really is a story. This didn't actually happen. Um, I don't know. Maybe it did. I don't know everything about everything. So maybe it happened somewhere. The story goes like this. A king one day began walking through a village at the foot of the castle. And as he walked through the village, he came upon a beggar. The beggar got very excited because this was the king. And he was dressed like the king. And so he held out his bowl, expecting something amazing. And the king stops in front of the beggar and says, give me all you have. And for a moment, the beggar's taken aback, but it is the king. So he reaches into his pockets and pulls out a couple of grains of rice, three. He's got some more, but he needs something. And he gives the king those three grains of rice, sets them in his hand. And then the king goes on. And later that evening, when the beggar reaches in to get what he has left... There's something there that wasn't there before. And he pulls out three gold coins and says to himself, I wish I would have surrendered everything. We have a chance in this life every day to surrender everything to the one who offers everything. Father, as we go through this season in particular, will you help us to be more present to you as Lord, as King of all things, to be able to quiet some of the other voices and distractions in our life that we might hear from you, or that we might take seriously your word and your promises, and that we might not get to the end of our lives and think, I wish I would have surrendered everything. Help us to be more like Mary and let your word be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen.